Hi, and welcome to Creeps and Crimes Storytime. I am Charlie, and I'm going to be telling your story today. And I'm Sophie, and I'm going to be listening alongside you. So today we're going to go back to Phoebe Hans' joke. We've got part two is ready today. I am so fucking excited to mm. share this with you. I've not been able to stop thinking about it. I was writing the last part of it late last night, and I've been so fucking hyped to to record it because I feel like I've been able to find a couple of things that I don't think Sophie's going to know. Mm, there's a lot of things I don't know, and I am curious as to what they'll be. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I mean, it's horrific. Of course. It's, it's fucking awful, but... Yes. I'm just really excited to discuss this with you and to get your opinions on I'm it and to, to find out. I I really want to know your thoughts about I need all this to know stuff. More. I need to know what you think. I've waited about it. too long. You've waited too long. Everyone's to waited too long. Yes. So let's get straight into it. So, a small recap from last time. Mm. Phoebe Hanschuk had been in a tumultuous eighteen-month relationship with a wealthy and privileged aunt Hample. Her friends and family have spoken about how Phoebe felt controlled in her relationship and as though she didn't have a voice. She attempted to leave Ant four times in six weeks. Four times in six weeks. Yeah. It's... It's devastating. I mean, that... If if you're in an up-and-down relationship like that, where you're splitting up more than once a week... Mm-hmm. No, that's slightly less than once a week. But it's still too many times. Just, mm. just leave. And each time is like an escalation as well. Exactly. And each time he convinced her to come back. Mm-hmm. At the end of those six weeks... Phoebe would be found dead at the bottom of a garbage chute in their apartment building. I'm not going to go into detail about her injuries again, because I did at the end of part one. And if you want to refresh your memory as to how she was found, it's right at the end of the episode. So Mm -hmm. go and listen to it if you want a refresh. Mm -hmm. I will be discussing some of the injuries later when I get to the coroner's inquest, but that's not for a little bit, and it's not the most gruesome of her injuries. And it's not her cause of death. Um, So that night the night she died, Phoebe was supposed to be meeting her father and aunt at the Golden Triangle, as it was her father's birthday. Her dad, Len, hadn't heard from her since much earlier in the day, when they arranged to meet for dinner. By around 6pm, about an hour before Phoebe's body was discovered, Aunt Hample arrived home at his luxury apartment, but it was empty. His keycard shows him entering at 1809. He said that he saw Phoebe's key and handbag in the kitchen, so he didn't think she could have gone far, because you need the key to get into the apartment building in order to use the lift to get to your floor. Yeah. So you you buzz in with your key, your little key card, you beep, you beep yourself in, and then to use the lift, you need the key to operate the lift. Oh, cool. So when you use the key, you can get to your floor. If, say, you're a guest and you're visiting, someone that's in the apartment can beep you in and can beep you in the lift so that you can get to the apartment. Are there any stairs? Or is it just... I would assume that there are stairs, like in case of a fire or anything, so there must be, but Mm -hmm. no one ever talks about stairs. So I assume that because, as well, they're on the 12th floor. Yeah, you don't want to go Yeah, I assume that the stairs (laughs) are higher. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so to get to the apartment, you need that fucking key. Mm, so because yes. the key was on the um, kitchen counter and was like, oh, she's not far because you can't come she in and out She clearly got in here yeah. at least. Yeah. Exactly. Anne went into their bedroom and made a few observations. Good. 
there were some post-it notes around that Phoebe left to remind herself of things. So Phoebe, as we discussed in the last episode, she can be a little bit sort of like chaotic. She's very arty. She's very like, kind of like us, sort of like organized in like a messy way. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And Phoebe was kind of like that, and she used to leave a lot of post-it notes around to, like, <laughs> remind herself of things. Especially if she'd been drinking, yeah. she'd make notes of things and just leave them everywhere. This is like my post-its. desk at work. I leave myself Except you don't notes. drink at your desk No, I don't, but I leave notes for the next day. Okay, then. So this is kind of what she does. Yeah. But especially when she's drunk, she'll leave, like, That's really notes and shit everywhere. Um, yeah. Ant describes these as sort of notes Phoebe leaves when she is, quote, smashed. Oh. He describes a, quote, shrine on the bed. Which was made up of photos of Phoebe and Ant and of her cat. There were also candles burning and hair straighteners were plugged in and ready to use. Oh. It is no. interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is interesting to note that nobody else saw this quote shrine, oh. including Phoebe's dad or any law enforcement personnel. Mm. And the police made no notes of this. There's no photographs of this. It's safe to assume that it didn't exist. Definitely. And Ant made yes. it up. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we've not got to that part yet, but it becomes clear very soon that Ant seems to want to push a narrative. Yeah. Definitely. And if he's talking early on, like, as in, before she was even found to be dead that there's like a shrine on the bed of yeah. photos of things that she loves most and candles and stuff. He's trying to set up like... He's planting seeds. Yeah, he's... he knows is Exactly. He's planting yeah. some seeds, but it never existed. The seeds weren't there. And then at 18.19, so at 20 past um, six, 10 minutes after he got home, mm. he logged onto the computer. We don't have any records of what he did on the computer during this time, but mm. he was on it for about 10 minutes. At 1851, Len, Phoebe's dad, called her iPhone. Remember the iPhone? Oh, and the two phones. Yeah. Ooh, so remember the okay. iPhone? The this one is... that's supposed to be in the repair shop? Do you remember it's supposed to be in the repair <laughs> shop? <laughs> oh, yes. So mm. it was supposed to be in on the repair shop on Wednesday. Yeah. And then Ant realised that it didn't make any sense. So he changed his mind and said it went into the repair shop on Thursday. Hold on, I thought his dad took it for him. And yeah. now it's... <laughs> Thursday evening, mm. so the phone is supposed to have been in the repair shop for like 24 hours, 36 hours at this point. Yeah. Len, Phoebe's dad, called the iPhone mm. that's supposed to be in the repair shop mm-hmm. and, and answered it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So Len wanted to check with Phoebe what was going on that evening because he hadn't heard from her. Unsurprisingly, mm. Aunt Hample disagrees with this statement. Of course he does. So he says that instead, at 18.52... Mm-hmm. which is one minute after Len said he called Phoebe's iPhone. He said that at 1852, he called Len from his own mobile, absolutely unprompted, Yeah. for no reason. He just wanted to call around and see if, like, Phoebe's with her parents. So it's not only a huge coincidence that he would think to call Len just one minute after Len said he called him. Yeah. All by himself, just of his own volition, just, yeah, I'm totally going to do this. Mm. And I definitely didn't get a call on this phone that I'm not supposed to have. And make a call back from a different phone. No. That's not what happened. Do you think he was panicked if he called him back then on his phone? Me. You, <laughs> he didn't. He. There's no proof that he's done anything wrong. There's yeah, no proof not. that he's done anything illegal. We're not suggesting he's done anything wrong. We're just saying that maybe like, yeah. you know, if he was like 
this phone's supposed to be repaired. And it wasn't getting repaired. I told him this. Sheila Maybe told he's like, this. whoops, it's not getting repaired. I don't know. I should look responsible. And I wasn't. Them. We we weren't there. We don't know. You know, alleged. We we have no idea. Allegedly, mm. um, it's also interesting. Interesting to note that yeah. Len has actually supplied phone records, Ooh. which prove that what he said actually happened. So we know that Len called the iPhone that was supposed to be in the repair shop thirty six hours ago and not answered it because it's on mm. the phone records. It's literally there. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, has not produced any records and has absolutely nothing to back up his claim whatsoever. Does he disagree with the records as well? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. While on this phone call, Len was worried as Phoebe never missed family get-togethers. Aunt paints Phoebe as an unreliable alcoholic, but the reality was far from that. And the reality is, from the family, that Phoebe was always there for them and she would never have missed out on a chance to spend time with them. Hmm. Len suggested that Aunt report her missing, and Aunt didn't want to. He said that the police wouldn't listen to him when 48 hours had passed anyway, so there was no point in even trying. Which, everyone sort of heard of this 48-hour rule, and it is sort of a bit of a myth. But to say there's no point in even trying... That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You'd... No. You'd, even if you got a no, you'd still try. You only push, know push, if there's no push. point in trying, if you know there's no point in trying. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. It's very telling. So after hanging up, Len started calling around other members of the family to try and figure out where she was. Her mum and brothers also say that they received these calls and they passed on the message to other people that might have seen her. So mm. from then it started going outwards, yes. trying to figure out where she was and nobody had a clue. Mm. So while Aunt Hample was chilling in the apartment by himself, using the computer, doing a whole lot of not much, he ordered takeout for himself. Well, okay. it just, just bearing in mind, he has plans to meet his girlfriend and yeah. his father-in-law for dinner that night and he orders takeout for one. Oh. From the restaurant they're supposed to be going to that night. That, yep. I can see you having like a stroke I trying just, like, to process this. He sounds like he's cancelled the night. He's just like, oh, oh I'm yeah. chill night in by myself. Because he's decided, there's no one else to be with. He's decided, yeah. like, before 7pm. Meal for one. Plans are off. Meal for one. That's so... If someone that I it's... was suspicious of course it is, is what it is but if you want to keep up a good front don't go ordering <clears throat> takeout when For someone that you quote unquote love is missing exactly and, but then this is also the same if person everything is expected to go ahead why would you order a meal for one when mm-hmm. you are due to eat with company in that same place yeah. if you are expecting that phoebe and len were going to have dinner with him at the golden triangle later that night why would he order takeaway for one person to me that is one of it's completely circumstantial it's it's the most circumstantial thing in the world yeah but for me it's one of the biggest things in this it's such a red flag it's so telling and damning and i'm just gonna let that sit in your brain Mm -hmm. for a moment while i go to the next page a little marinate a little percolate Mm. so when the takeaway arrived the delivery guy called and saying that there might be a delay he was trying to get close to the building, but there was a large emergency services presence and asked Ant what was going on. Oh, wow. Ant obviously had no idea what was going on, and he <laughs> headed downstairs to come and get his food and see what the commotion was. Mm. 
One of the police officers present explained to Ant that a young woman had been found deceased. And Ant, after coming home from work to find that his girlfriend wasn't around, immediately suggested that the body might be his girlfriend as she was missing. He told the officer straight away, Phoebe was depressed. He explained about the medication she was taking and told the officer, I've been at work all day and I was checking up on her constantly. Oh, wow. So obviously, if a police officer asks you about information to identify your body, that's the sort of thing you come up with. You don't yeah, say what colour hair they've got, how tall they are, what nope. they look like, what they've been wearing. You immediately go to, oh my god, she's really fucking depressed. Yeah. And and I'm a good boyfriend. Yeah. But, yeah. So after... He did leave out, though, like, the similarly useful information, like her favourite colour and the dream she had the oh, night before and yeah. all that stuff. He didn't mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, after a bit of back and forth, the officer managed to get some actually useful information out of Anne. Like, mm-hmm. her tattoos and piercings, you know, like, identifiable things, yeah. which is actually helpful. So, well done, officer. Yeah. And showed the detective a photo of Phoebe, who confirmed that she did look like the person who was found in the compactor room. Yeah. At this point, some police personnel go and inspect the apartment, and it has been documented here what they found inside. Ooh. The police also make notes of the sticky notes around the apartment, and they also find some broken glass and blood on the floor. Mm. Blood was dotted around various places inside the apartment. It's very interesting to note here that there was also blood on the computer mouse. Remember, Ant was using the computer earlier that evening? Yes. I don't know about you, but if Mm. I came home and my husband was missing, there was blood and glass on the floor, (laughs) blood on the computer mouse, I wouldn't just go on the computer as though there was no blood on it. Yeah. I'd be like, it's not just that, but like, if you come home, your Mm -hmm. partner's gone. There's blood on the computer mouse. Yeah. I wouldn't use the computer that's because scary. I'd be like, oh no, that's blood. That's is gross. Is that my husband's? Oh, yeah. Fuck. It would be like, why Where was he? Like, did you not notice when he put his hand on it? Like, oh, that's sticky. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but it, then he just kept using it oh, for wait. 10 fucking minutes. Allegedly, I may have put this here. Lol. Oops. It, yeah. Oh, I had, to, oh, I had to be careful then because I was like, <laughs> allegedly. Just, just take a shot every time we say allegedly or if we say that something is interesting. Yes. Because I'm going to say that a lot of things are interesting. We'll need it. So police also found there was more blood on the floor of the room that had the shoot door. So on the 12th floor, there's obviously the apartments, there's the corridors, and where the the garbage chute is, it's not like the garbage chute is just in the hallway. Mm. So there's like a little room that you go in that has the chute. So you go in the little room, you open the chute, you deposit your garbage bags inside, you close the chute, and then you do whatever you want that's good in the general sense so that like yeah. neighbors don't have like a garbage chute smell yeah and it's not like the clanky general. sound if it's outside mm. your anyway that's not related so <laughs> the blood was on the floor in that little room yeah um it was also found on the handle of the door that went into the room mm. there wasn't a lot done to collect this evidence and i don't believe that this blood in here ever got tested to see whether or not it belonged to phoebe mm. which okay. is fucking that's... like shit it's shit. It's shit. It's shit. It's what it says on the tin. I think very it's shit. poor police work. Yeah, like how can you like document it but then not do anything with exactly. it? Exactly. It's like I'm just gonna say that this is blood, but I'm not gonna collect it or test it or do anything other than say. I mean, it it probably wasn't, but it could have been barbecue sauce. They yeah. didn't test it. They don't know. They didn't have a lick to find out. They, I mean, maybe they did lick sauce. it and that's how they know it was blood. Yeah, they like, not barbecue can't put this sauce. in the report. It's barbecue. <laughs> it's barbecue. It's delicious. <laughs> so while all this was going on, Anne called Len to tell him the news. 
Lant then called around the rest of the family. He told Phoebe's brother Tom to come to his house because he couldn't bear to tell him over the phone. You can't even mm. imagine how difficult and how horrific that would be. Um, the whole family was worried sick and this was just about the worst news they could get. Yeah. Phoebe's mother was outside near her car at the time she got her phone call and she fell to her knees and just screamed. Like she was just screaming oh, hysterically on her yeah. knees. And her partner Russell, who's the one that Phoebe had the heart to heart with just a few days previously, oh, had to physically course, pick yeah. her up and carry her into the house because she couldn't walk. And yeah. None of the family could just wrap their heads around Phoebe being found in the garbage room by the bins. Like, mm. how could she have ended up there? Yeah. None of them could figure can it I, out. Can I just... You know the phone calls that were made? Yeah. Is there any record of what was said specifically? Not specifically, I don't think, because yeah. phone records don't record your conversation. They just record the times that the phone calls were made. So was it it's more like a log calls or Len? No. So or... Len called around. So Len is Phoebe's dad. Yeah. And he called around to let everyone know, hey, have you seen Phoebe? Aunt says she's not at home. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be going out tonight. Have you seen it? And then yeah. that all drifted out. It was like a ripple, right? Yeah. And then Aunt called Len right. to tell yeah. him, hey, Phoebe's been found in the garbage room. She's dead. And then right. Len then called everyone else. Right. Because it would be interesting to hear how Aunt worded that. I don't know. And I don't know if it's ever been... none of it's being cleaned up, he clearly... Yeah, I not. Well, the fact is that he was like... like yeah, he was just chilling in his apartment for almost an hour. Mm. And just was like, yeah, I'm just going to order takeout for one. That, no. I, I know, I know, I know. <sighs> so, the police took control of the scene from this point on and i use the word control very loosely and you will see why okay (laughs) Um, a guy called detective carrick was put in charge from the inquest report we can see exactly where the blood was photographed at this point instead of it just being observed by the initial officers so the first observations were literally just them saying i've observed there is a blood-like substance on the floor in this room and then now that the crime scene not the crime scene the scene has been officially taken over by officers the official records can be made by like photographing oh, and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. So that's what happens now. Mm. So blood on the study door frame was found about 10 to 20 centimeters above the middle hinge and it yeah. was tested and it was tested to belong to Phoebe and it oh, did. Yeah. Forensic biologist Louise Brown identified blood from the crime scene photos that was present on the mouse, mouse pad and study desk. Ant said there was blood on the keyboard as well, but detectives don't remember seeing this. The blood found here was never tested, but Louise Brown said that based on, quote, statistical probability, end quote, Mm. that it probably belonged to Phoebe. So I find a few things weird about this. The first off is that a forensic biologist has said she's identified blood from the crime scene photos. Mm. You can't identify a substance from a photograph. You need to test it to find out what it is. Like, when it comes to things like this, Mm -hmm. there's no, oh, yeah, it's probably blood. That's not a legal definition of something. That's not how that works. I was wondering if I heard you wrong. No, you I'm, didn't hear me wrong. I'm glad. This is just an example. And mm. the fact as well, this stuff wasn't tested. She just said, it's... She literally said, it's probably Phoebe's. And that was good enough. And they just took that face value. Yes. Whoa. And that is, like, the theme for this whole fucking case. It doesn't bode well. It does not bode all. well. So the broken glass was officially noted by the police. So they like tick off that one. Mm. They've noted it. Good. The police assumed. Okay. And I'm using the word assume 
because mm-hmm. that's literally all they did. Yeah. <laughs> they assumed that the glass was in fact a broken drinking glass. Okay. However, mm-hmm. this glass was never collected or tested to see if it was in fact a drinking glass, to see whether it had residue from a drink on it, and no blood was ever found on the glass fragments. So they just left it. There. So they just left it. They just were like, yeah, you can put it in the bin. It's that, done. That's dangerous anyway. It's Regardless I mean, of crime scene glass or not. I mean, I don't think in like an apartment full of adults it's like, oh, you know, we can't leave this glass on the If floor. you don't see it though, and you have feet. I don't think that's the point. Yeah, I know. There's bigger issues at play here. But it's yeah, just but like, there's, there's that... broken glass. Mm-hmm. They assumed it's from a drinking glass. Yeah. They never actually tested it to put the pieces together to see if it made a glass. That's so stupid. It literally could have been any glass object. That's... They have no idea. Mm. Um, this is interesting. There was no liquid found in the area of the hallway where the glass was found. So if, say, it was a drink that had been dropped, yeah, there was nothing on the floor. Right. There was a stain of some kind on the wall of the apartment. But, of course, it was never tested by the police either. (sighs) Do you know what, like, level the stain was at? Was it like, nope. If you were stood? Nope. Near the skirt? Nope. No idea. There could be any point on the wall. I just, all I was able to find out, I did look into Mm. the stain because I was very interested in it because, like, I kind of, flicking through my notes, I'm trying to remember, did I come up with... Do you know if it was, like, a fresh stain or all? No... Mm. So I feel like I'm gonna get to this. Okay. But I want to. But if I don't get to it, mm. and it's not something that I've mentioned, yeah. I don't want to then forget about it and not mention it. No, I remember. So I might. Do you want a pen? Right. When we <laughs> when we talk about the inquest. Yeah. At the end of the inquesty stuff, will you mm. just remind me about the glass? Sure. sure. Okay. Yeah. Because if I forget, mm-hmm. there's a point I want to make. Yeah. Right. And then we'll okay. re-record the episode if we forget. No, we're not going to re-record the episode. It's yeah, we'll fine. just splice in a the glass. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, I'll just record a separate bit about the glass yeah. and put it in here. It's fine. So the bins in the apartment were never found to have had any glass fragments in them, suggesting that it was never cleaned up. Mm. The bags, and this is important, like the stuff yeah. that I'm telling you here relates to the point I want to make at the inquest, but we've not got to the oh, inquest yet. Right. Um, so the bins in the apartment did not have any glass fragments in them, and which obviously suggests that the broken glass was never cleaned. It mm-hmm. was just broken. The bags at the bottom of the chute, along with Phoebe's body, were never found to have come specifically from the 12th floor. So okay. they don't know if the bags came from the 12th floor or yeah. if they were just in there anyway. Yeah. And though, interestingly, there was no glass fragments around Phoebe's body either. This or that whole bit relates to the bit I want to mention, but I don't want to forget about it. And okay. I know that I'm going to forget about it and then go off on like 8 billion tangents. Absolutely. I 100% will. <laughs> um, it's also very interesting to note here that none of the officers attending recorded a shrine, quote, quote, of mm. any kind on the bed. None of the officers noted candles or photos being outlit or displayed in any way. And mm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. However, the hair straighteners were on. That's such a fire hazard. It's such a fire hazard. It's I hate it when people leave hair straighteners on. Off. It bugs me. Yep. But it does suggest that if the hair straighteners were on, they were intended to be used. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> right. Okay. Sorry, headphone users. I got really excited. <laughs> So it took multiple hours for the crime scene to be fully secured by officers. Mm. At 8.46pm, after the crime scene was supposed to be secure, police officers noticed 
that Ant's relatives were inside the apartment. Relatives like his judge parents? Maybe. Oh. I just found the word relatives. That's so funny. But I somehow don't think that that means like three random cousins and a granny. I think that that means his fucking judgy parents. It's not suddenly Thanksgiving dinner. It's not Thanksgiving dinner. The whole family isn't coming over. There's not like a random nephew you see once a year. I think relatives means parents. However, Mm -hmm. I couldn't find specifically. So I don't know. We weren't there. We We don't know. This is literally just random thoughts. Um, clearly though when your home becomes a crime scene if you're totally innocent of anything the best thing you can do is invite lots of people over to contaminate the scene and yeah. i personally think that aunt took some notes out of the ramsey's book on this one. Oh, for sure yeah, yeah let everyone yep. walk in yep officer healy actually put a question mark on his notes here because he couldn't figure out how the handpools actually got into the apartment without the swipe card security system flagging them can you make duplicate cards yeah but then it would still still record the fact that the card was used so quote i found out that they'd actually entered from the car park directly into the lift and come directly up i was actually inside the apartment when they just came in through the front door end quote which means that it's possible for someone to get in yeah it means that it's possible for someone to get in without it being flagged i'm assuming that when they came in through the car park it means that they didn't have to get beeped into the apartment building itself yeah. and maybe coming up through the lift there so mm. maybe Ant buzzed them in yeah. or something and they were able to get in the lift from being buzzed by him mm-hmm. but it's just something they've done before or something like a mechanic he was aware of I think it could be it something use... that he was aware of because remember as well he mm-hmm. said um, during the day when Phoebe wasn't feeling too hot he said that he went to go and visit her but there was no records of his swipe card being used yeah. so some people think that he might have used this little like bypassing mechanic yeah or he literally just didn't go and visit her because he didn't give a shit and then lied about it it wouldn't surprise me though if he used it to go and spy on her and try and catch her out doing something to then gaslight her over i mean he could have but the thing to remember is we weren't there we have no idea oh no i could be and i mean it's not illegal to gaslight someone of course not it's just the moral yeah it's just it's a shitty thing to do but Mm -hmm. it's not it's not there's nothing illegal about it there's nothing like you know legally wrong um people are dicks about things all the time Mm -hmm. i'm a dick yeah it's totally not i can verify that (laughs) (laughs) so um the log of swipe card entries and exits did not have any record of them getting inside the apartment building or of their coming in the lift either this is obviously a flaw in the security that we have mentioned earlier but also how is there not a police officer stationed outside the apartment to keep people out that's a point because there should have been an officer standing outside the door saying hey don't fucking come in here. Mm. This is a scene that we're in control so of. So they, they hadn't taped off, do you know? There was, there was, nobody stopped them going in. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah. No. Bad police work. So stop this it. scene was so incredibly botched. Things weren't collected, tested. People were allowed to seemingly come and go as they pleased. Mm. Police seemed to immediately accept Ant's word that Phoebe wasn't in the apartment when he arrived home despite the window of her time of death, meaning that she could have been alive well up until 7pm. The only thing that is saying that Phoebe wasn't in the apartment when Ant came home is Ant. Phoebe could have been in the apartment when Ant came home and something happened and she ended up dead. The only thing 
that goes against that is Ant saying, no, it was empty. There's no proof whatsoever in the timeline. It was also revealed in the inquest later that a statement had been made by one officer, Justin O'Brien, who was tasked with staying with Aunt Hample the night that Phoebe's body was found. O'Brien states, quote, I then remained with Hample as Detective Senior Constable Robertson prepared to take the statement. During this time, Hample continued to cry. I observed that there were no tears running down his face, nor did it appear that there had been any at all. He was sniffling, but there was no mucus or snot coming from his nose. <laughs> his eyes were not red or bloodshot, and his face appeared quite normal. End quote. I just fucking love that I got to read the word snot in an official <laughs> statement of something. I think that's This amazing. kind of gives me the same vibe of Amber Heard shitting the bed. I mean, Amber Heard shit the bed. That the world knows it. Everyone knows that and she it shit the bed. Gross. Anyway, so this, you know how I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about him taking a note from the Ramsey's playbook? Oh, yes. I'm getting some serious Patsy Ramsey vibes. It's like, after after the body was discovered and she was, like, crying and she was, like, peeking through her fingers to yeah. see if anyone was looking or not. Like, are you seeing me cry? Yeah. This is... Yeah. Well, it, ugh. Obviously, the thing is, everybody reacts to grief differently. Mm-hmm. And people can behave strangely when they're in shock. I'm sure people have done weirder things yeah. than, like, dry cry when they're in shock. Mm-hmm. I'm sure weirder things have happened. I'm just saying that it's interesting. It is something That's it. to take And note. this is an official quote from a statement from an officer. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Her body was taken to Western General Hospital and she was officially declared dead at 4.30am. This was nine and a half hours after she was found and the first point that a medical professional had actually attended to her. Oh, God. Nine and a half hours after she was discovered, and the first time that a medical professional had attended to her was when she was declared dead at 4.30 in the morning. She'd just been lying on that fucking disgusting floor for nine and a half hours, and nobody checked to see if she could be helped. That's disgusting, to say the least. We I know we talked about this last time, but it mm-hmm. literally just blows me away. Like, yeah, I'm it, shocked. None That's of why this I'm quiet. none I'm of this surprised. went how it should have. No. None of it has. Not at all. Medical personnel should have attended to her right away. A coroner should have observed her and declared mm-hmm. her at the scene. Yeah. Because if a coroner observes her at the scene, they'll be able to make observations and make notes that they won't be able to make when she's just on the slab. Yeah. Medical examiners are supposed to see a deceased person at the scene to observe the surroundings and to be able to take a more accurate time of death. Mm. Yeah, that makes There's sense. no that makes doubt sense. that the lack of any of this happening contributed to the poor way in which this whole thing was handled. Mm-hmm. As well as the graphic injuries to her lower body caused by the trash compactor that we discussed in the first episode, mm. there were also bruises to Phoebe's upper body. Right. The medical examiner, Dr. Lynch, observed that Phoebe had circular and oval bruising on her right arm, which he said was consistent with grip marks. However, that wasn't the only thing that could have caused it. No. Phoebe also had bruises to her left wrist, right jaw, both shoulders, and the back of her neck. Okay. Dr. Lynch said that this last bruise on the back of her neck was consistent with blunt trauma. He was unable to say how old the bruises were, based on their colour or anything like that, Mm -hmm. and he was also unable to say how she got the bruises, or whether they were made before, during, or after her passage down the chute. Mm. Phoebe's blood alcohol level was 0.16%. 
And according to a blood alcohol calculator online that I found, because I don't know what that means. I don't know either. The effects <laughs> of a level this high are the following. Quote, yeah. at this level of alcohol in blood, the individual is very drunk with a oh. severe impairment of major motor skills, perception and judgment. The reaction time is prolonged, the speech is slurred and vision is blurred. End quote. So they need to get her in a weak state. Yeah, so at this point, she would have been fucked, basically. Yeah. She, she was, like, fucked off her face. Yeah. Um, 0.16% is right at the highest limit for this section. So on this calculator, I, I found it was, like, say, 0.1 to, like, 0.4, not point, sorry, 0.1 to, say, 0.14, mm. 0.14 to 0.16, and then, like, 0.17 to 0.0, and so on and so on. So it had, like, brackets, Ooh. and that was... 0.16% is the highest in that bracket. Phoebe was very almost into the next qualification of intoxication, oh, which gosh. I've also got here because it's worth knowing what that is as Definitely. well. Um, that reads, quote, most drinkers will start to feel incapacitated and some will pass out. Trying to focus on an object is very difficult and nausea starts to set in, end quote. Yeah. So depending on how your body reacts to that level of intoxication, you, I think at this level you could be either or of those. Yeah. But you would definitely be fucking feeling it. You're very more than just merry. Yeah. However, Phoebe also had prescription drugs in her body, which was Zolpidem, otherwise known as Ambien, which is a sleeping medication, Quinine, which can be used for nocturnal leg cramps, Duloxetine, which is an antidepressant, and Dextromethaphan, which is a cough medicine. All I really hope I said those right, by the way. All of these together with the alcohol make it extremely likely that Phoebe would have been encountering extreme difficulty mm. walking, balancing, and moving around. Definitely. Like we said at the end of the last episode, Phoebe's genes were found somewhere around her knees. It's not known whether or not her genes were being worn properly when she came down the chute, as the genes are damaged in places where lacerations occurred on her legs, but then undamaged where other injuries occurred. So they... They can't tell no. whether or not they were on. Or but then not. you have to trust the words of these people that. Yeah, did. but I mean, say so. for example, like the some of the the compactor injuries on her thighs and hmm. buttocks. If her jeans were on, some yeah. of like on some parts the jeans have holes in the same place where the injuries are, which makes yeah. you think, yeah, they were on. But then in other places where she's got other injuries, the jeans are fine, which makes you think maybe they weren't. Ah, Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So basically, we don't know. Is hmm. the short answer to that? Um. There are multiple ideas on why her jeans might be lower down. One of them being that she tried to take off her jeans after the fall to try and tend to her injuries, but she couldn't get them all the way off. Oh, of course. Which makes yeah. a lot of sense, especially if it's dark, you've lost a lot of blood. Your adrenaline's probably Yeah, spiked. Yeah, you're going bonkers. You, yeah. you, she couldn't get them all the way off. It's not likely that they came down during the fall because a body moving downwards would, close your, would, would cause your clothes to ride upwards yeah. and not downwards. Another idea, though, is that her jeans were already down before she was put into the chute, as having a person's legs stuck together at the knees makes them easier to move around if you're carrying them and putting them into a small space, mm-hmm. which is just a thought. When it came to the formal identification of Phoebe's body, it was up to Phoebe's family. Oh. Aunt, despite him already being there at the apartment, did not want to view Phoebe's body to make the identification. He mm. did not want to know how she died. Natalie told... Natalie, if you remember, is her mother. Um, She has talked about how they went to the coroner's office to view her instead, and her face looked, quote, bruised and battered, end quote. In contrast to this, however, he did apply to be the next of kin. Of course he did. 
For someone who isn't interested in how his girlfriend died, he sure does have a lot of investments in what happens with her body after the fact. Her mother Natalie found this out when she went to the court to apply to collect Phoebe's body and was told she couldn't. I cannot fucking imagine how that would feel. I cannot imagine the wrath I would inflict on the universe Mm -hmm. if that happened to me. She was told she couldn't. And this is this is interesting. The very yeah. first time that Natalie met met Aunt's stepmother Felicity Hample, mm. who was the county court judge, if you remember, it's very interesting. Yeah. The very first time they met, Felicity told Natalie that the law meant that Aunt was Phoebe's next of kin. Oh god. Can you imagine that being your first meeting so with this fucking woman? Jesus. Yeah. I I would how can I put this? I would not have been as gracious as Natalie. No. She handled it like yeah. a bad bitch. Good. I would not have. No, I would not either. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um in the end, after some back and forth, Aunt Hample allowed Phoebe's parents to take their daughter's body. Wow. Okay. So he allowed them. Yeah. This This is not a married couple. They have no legal basis together as a couple. Mm-hmm. They hadn't even been casually dating for two years yet. They were on and off again more times than anyone could keep track of. And she was worried about the idea of getting engaged to him. And supposedly, according to the law, he was the senior next of kin. I find that incredibly hard to believe. That's backwards and most likely bullshit. 1000% agree. It wasn't until the 6th of December, which was three days after Phoebe died, that the police bothered to get in more people to look at the case. Usually this happens much faster, but mm. the first few critical hours were lost completely. There was no CCTV on the 12th floor at all, and CCTV from other areas of the apartment building was never collected. Oh, I know, man. I know. Oh. The managers of the apartment building told police that the footage is going to overwrite itself. They want to hurry up if you want it. They Mm. were telling the police, come and get this shit. It's going to record over itself. Yeah. And the police were like, eh, nobody ever bothered to get it and it's been lost forever. Wow. Yep. So there was probably shit on that tape. It's it's a shame that they didn't just make copies of the tapes themselves. You know, the, I don't know if the they're legally allowed to do that, though. I don't know how that would work. That would be so frustrating. Imagine looking after it being like, this is going to be overridden, whatever, and just having to let that happen. It, yeah. If it, it's oh. illegal to do that. It took 10 days for the apartment managers to be interviewed and have their statements collected. 10 days. And it gets worse. Wow. The people who would have been able to confirm Aunt Hample's alibi, like the people who worked for him, were asked to provide details of his statement between four and 11 months mm-hmm. later. And none of the police spoke to the manufacturers of the garbage chute to see if Phoebe could have even fit in there. There's a lot of, like, your face is so And blank. it's definitely just how much influence, you know, your parents can have when they're in high positions of the world. I mean, there's no proof that that happened here. Sure, but simply, like, knowing that they're in the, the building. Yeah, I mean, it could be that, like, some this is all just, like, on. like I'm literally just word vomiting. Yeah. Like, brainstorming right now. Obviously, we're not suggesting at all that nope. George and Felicity Hample have done anything. But mm. I suppose maybe if a hotel manager knows that this person's a Supreme Court judge, they might behave differently. Yeah, it's knowing that Because, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean that say George Hample the Supreme Court judge mm-hmm. has ever done anything wrong in his life but no. simply by being there he could influence the behaviour of others 
Exactly. Which, yeah, I, c- I guess Same that could happen. Same for the policemen if they're not used to seeing... Uh, yeah, it's, it's true, it's all true. Crime scenes. So we mentioned earlier that Ant went on the computer when he arrived home for mm-hmm. 10 minutes and there was blood on various places on the computer itself. Mm. Well, it turns out that yeah. police did not seize the computer. They they always, always, always seize the computer. They didn't seize the they computer. Always, no, take it. Take it. <laughs> no! Computer, keyboard, mouse, hard drives, go. They always did... Taken. <laughs> they did not seize the computer. Yeah, the computer yeah, yeah, yeah. was never seized. We That's... have no idea about anything to do with the computer because it was never seized. So we don't know if it's like congealed blood or dry or sticky. Well, I mean, that mm-hmm. never got tested. That never got collected. That never got tested. The computer itself never got seized because, like, obviously, normally you seize the the computer because you want to look on it to see what's on there. Yeah. Nope. Never happened. You see the files in the computer. The files are in the computer. Pissed <laughs> off. It never happened. Um, also, shame on them. Also, by the time the family of Phoebe collected the computer four months later, there were no sent emails on Phoebe's account whatsoever. Every single email that Phoebe Hanstruck sent mm. ever had been deleted. That Which doesn't is... happen by itself. No, it doesn't. So no, it does not. So I'm not sure if Phoebe's family collected the computer or if they just were able to, after four months, get into her email account. Do you think they were allowed it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so five days after Phoebe died, Anne mm. made a post on Facebook, seeming to double down on the narrative that he had been spinning since before he even knew that she was dead, that she had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, he wrote, "Quote." For those of you around the world who don't know the sad news, my partner Phoebe struggled with terrible depression most of her life. She took her own life on Thursday to ease her pain, to be at peace. There will be a memorial next week, end quote. Oh, boo-hoo, Aunt Hample. So it's also interesting, like, when you realise that this post was made before any official cause of death had been revealed by the police or the coroner's office, Mm. and it was not his place to make this announcement. I'm guessing that this is also out of character for him to make such Facebook posts like these. I have no idea. No. I have no idea. I genuinely don't know. So it's not like he was on Facebook frequently? I think he was on Facebook frequently because mm. think he's an events promoter, so he would have been doing yeah. lots of networking and shit. I think he probably did have quite an online presence, but I don't know. I'm literally just speculating. Mm. Okay. Um, but it's the fact that he's injected his own baseless opinions and narrative. He's once yeah. again making attempts to taint the opinions of others who are just learning about this news. So her death is being treated as fucking weird right now yeah like there's investigations of police are involved and he's going online saying she killed herself you don't do that i'm shaking my head you do not do that (laughs) no (sighs) one of phoebe's old school friends alicia carvel Mm -hmm. said that aunt hample is the one that told her what happened to phoebe wow so she had an interview with the sydney morning herald um and she said quote he said something about the garbage shoot and the irony that she thinks she's garbage he alluded to that fact that it was suicide without the details, end quote. I definitely think that that's him bragging in a way that he finds it funny. He just needed to say that to someone. I just... That's immediately just what I, I hear from that. I mean, I don't think that you can say mm. that. Do you I can't say that he finds that funny. Yeah, you can't say that. However, um... Because you don't know that. Oh, wait, I think. 
No, what I, I what I'm gonna say. Funny. No, please stop saying that. Allegedly, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. It is interesting that he has a shit sense of humor. We don't. Okay, right. I think. Please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> to try and fix that, yeah, I think okay that say obviously I've never met Anna Hample. No, I we don't, don't know what he's him. like. Yeah. He could be the greatest person in the universe. He could, he could be, be a boiled potato. We he could know. be anything. I don't know what he's like. No. And I don't care either. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that he's kind of a douche canoe, mm-hmm. but that's different. Um, <laughs> I do think, though, that, like, say people tend, like, psychopaths tend mm-hmm. to inject themselves into investigations a lot. And psychopaths tend to brag about things. And... Project. They project. They do. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I feel yeah as though someone mm-hmm. who say like let's say example Ted Bundy okay yeah he was a psychopath he was he was a terrible human being he mm-hmm. represented himself in court he made all these kinds of like shitty statements to people I feel as though someone like Ted Bundy mm-hmm. would say something if they were trying to cover up what they'd done yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, she was in a garbage shoot because she felt like she was garbage. And I feel as though yeah. someone, like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that Ted Bundy would say. Definitely. I agree with Although, that way of thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think that's what Anna Hampel meant. No. I don't think that's what he meant. Mm. Um, I think that he... Is a great guy. <laughs> she was just itching her nose a little bit, like tickling. I think. I think. I think. I think. I can't tell lies. I feel terrible in Vegas. Right. Anyway, so six days after Phoebe died, mm. two things happened. Did he order more food? Probably. I hate. Firstly, Aunt sent an email to her parents, grandparents, brothers, and he cc'd in his own parents oh. so that they could read it. Oh, for fuck's sake! He was quote deeply hurt. That her parents had challenged his application to be Phoebe's next of kin without the courtesy of consulting him. Why? Why shouldn't they challenge that? How, how does he have room to be insulted by that? The fact that he finds it, that he's oh, deeply wait. hurt by that. Fragile. There he, we go. Yep, that's the one. Fragile. Um, <laughs> small dick energy. He didn't understand as he was working with the coroners and wanted the parents to be listed as, quote, interested parties. He would permit, he would permit mm. Len and Natalie to mm. be listed as interested parties in the death of their only daughter. That is appalling. It's horrific. Um, he it's would also scary. permit Len and Natalie to organise funeral arrangements. He, he would allow that. He would allow them to arrange their daughter's funeral. He's really He wrote a letter to the coroner defending his position and talked about his pain at her parents' actions. And he said that his pain is nothing compared to what Phoebe's pain would be if he knew that his pa- that her parents had taken this course against him. It's very interesting that he's just talking about himself. He's literally saying that her parents wanting to bury their only daughter would mm-hmm. be causing Phoebe pain because it's making things difficult for him. Yes. He is actually a shit stain. Sure. And I wrote that in my notes. I wrote, he is actually <laughs> a shit stain. Yep. He was also pissed 
I mean, you can be a shit stain without ever doing anything illegal. You can follow yeah, the law to the letter for your entire life and still be a shit stain. Yeah, you can be like a good person, do bad things. That's not what I'm saying. No. No, because a good person wouldn't do any of this. He understands now. <laughs> Gadget. <laughs> Um, he was also pissed that Len and Natalie had requested that a coroner do the inquest who did not have any relation to George or Felicity's work. Right. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. So Len and Natalie, her parents, wanted yeah. a coroner to do the inquest who hadn't worked with yeah, the parents previously. Impartial. Totally impartial. Mm-hmm. He was annoyed about that. He didn't think that was right. Ooh, Which, well, I mean, that says a lot. If you're innocent, how can you just be against that? I mean, he... Right? technically she is innocent yes but that doesn't mean that you're not a dick yep um which i feel as though that's a simple request for erasing any conflict of interest yeah definitely and it's interesting as the current coroner knew felicity through her work as a judge you you know the coroner who like was like oh yeah this is fine she killed herself Mm -hmm. it was an accident lol Mm -hmm. that guy knew aunt humble's stepmother and Aunt had Aunt had a full-on toddler tantrum about them wanting to change this. He revealed that he would be making his own arrangements for a memorial for Phoebe and that her parents were not explicitly invited. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. He doesn't deserve to even go to any of these memorials for her. Yeah. That's only one of the things that happened on that day. Oh, I believe that. This <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Shit stains spread. <laughs> Let's see where else this goes. Let's see how far up the crack does this go. Yeah. So, the second thing that happened that day, Mm -hmm. as if this was not enough, was that Phoebe's parents were called by the police to inform them Mm -hmm. that a decision had been reached and that it was the opinion of the police that Phoebe had done this to herself with no other party involved. The outrage, I feel. That's the conclusion they came to. When when your parents and... Grieving loss of your daughter, that's the last thing you need from potentially very biased people. Yep. Mm. So her family were not having any of this. Good. Especially her grandfather, Lorne, who was a retired police detective and has worked tirelessly ever since Phoebe died to bring her case to justice and find out what really happened. Mm. That is some big dick energy right there. That is what we need. So he is a give no fucks and take no shit kind of guy and we are absolutely here for it. Clap for Lorne. Clap for Lorne. From photos and his own observations, and knowing mm. Phoebe and her habits, he believes that she was getting ready to go out to meet her dad when she was killed. Oh, yeah. Of her course. sunglasses at the bottom of the shoot give this away for him, and she often wore her Prada sunglasses when she went out on top of her head. Oh. Her straighteners were also on in the apartment. Mm. If you're going to commit suicide, why would you put your sunglasses on your head, throw yourself down a 12-story shoot? Doesn't make any fucking sense. Before you've done your hair. Exactly. If I was going to kill myself, you, I yeah. would like. I don't have any plans to. I'm not suicidal or anything. No. But if I was gonna, I would make myself look. If it was like a plan, yeah, I would make myself look like hot shit. Mm-hmm. I would make myself look fucking great. Bury me in this state. I'm ready. Yeah, like I'm ready mm-hmm. to go. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, I wouldn't. Also, it depends on your method of going. Because if you want to be very well presented, you don't want to go out in a messy way. Exactly. And it's interesting you talk about method. I haven't actually written this down, but it's reminded me of something that I've got to write about. Ooh. So, um. The thing that Ant has been projecting to Phoebe's friends, according to Phoebe's friends, okay. is that Phoebe threw herself down the garbage chute because she believed herself to be garbage and she belonged with the garbage. Mm. Right? Right. 
But a lot of Phoebe's friends have said that because she was so artistic and so creative and so full of like passion and mm-hmm. into like the arts and stuff, yeah. that if she wanted to kill herself, she would have thrown herself off the building to make yeah. like a statement to fly for yeah. the last time. Yeah. That's what she would have done. I get that. And it's, I get that. Really? And it's, it's, yeah, it's just a lot of people that knew her know that if she was going to go out, that is not what she would have done to do it. No, not at all. It doesn't fit with but... how she feels about life. It doesn't fit with her, with how she aligns herself. Yeah, it just doesn't. she wouldn't limit herself like that. Exactly. She it, would. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That, anyway, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't write that down. All right. Um, where was I up to? Maybe there. Nope, here. At the memorial for Phoebe, there were two. We'll get into this in a bit. So we're going to get into this. So at the memorial for Phoebe, I believe this is the one that her parents organised. Aunt's father, George Hample, remember, the retired Supreme Court judge approached Phoebe's dad, Len, to offer his condolences. How sweet of him. Phoebe's amazing grandmother, Jeanette, has spoken about this interaction and she said, quote, We weren't there very long and George came up and spoke to Len immediately. I heard him saying, I'm sorry and so on, mm. but she was a very troubled girl, obviously. Oh. My memory is that he actually said to Len, of course it was suicide. And I just couldn't believe that I was hearing that, end quote. I mean, it sounds like the shit apple doesn't fall far from the shit tree. No, that baby was pooped out. That's... <laughs> <laughs> came out of a butt <laughs> yeah oh my god so Len her father the guy that had to deal with this absolute joke of a human being yeah. has got a similar recollection of this event and he said mm. of this quote George was there and he wouldn't look at me but he kept saying she was depressed it's a tragic suicide and pushed it and pushed it he said that three or four times to me but he wouldn't make eye contact and Felicity who was his wife was right there also and was sort of giving a little echo of the same sort of stuff. And I suppose we had come there with the purpose of everybody comforting each other. And I'm sorry I bit my lip, but I should have said to him, who the fuck are you to be making a psychiatric diagnosis? Why don't you just stick to what you know? End quote. Give Mm. no fucks, take no shit. This guy, Len, Phoebe's Mm -hmm. dad, is actually a psychiatrist. Wow. He's actually a psychiatrist. And the audacity of George Hample just fucks me right off. Mm-hmm. He actually knows yeah. about this stuff. During this period of time, Aunt Hample and the Hans Jokes, unfortunately for them, had to see rather a lot of one another. Mm. One of Aunt's oldest friends, so this is one of Aunt's oldest friends, someone that knows him really well oh, and has known okay. him well for years, yeah. Vanessa Levin, was around Aunt a lot in the early days after Phoebe's death mm. and was in his company for a lot of these meetings between him and the Hans Jokes for moral support for him, you know? Yeah. At the inquest into Phoebe's death, the counsel assisting the coroner was questioning Ant and had the following exchange regarding one of Vanessa Levin's statements that she made. Mm. Quote, Vanessa Levin gave some evidence that she saw you would access your Facebook and act normally. And when visitors arrived, and specifically the hands jokes, you would become very upset and you would cry and curl yourself up on the couch and she sensed that you were putting your emotions on and off. What do you say about that? He says... Um, I think that's completely ridiculous and I completely deny it. First off, I was accessing Facebook because I had a lot of concerned friends who were contacting me 
I was in a state of grief and shock. I mean, it was complete roller coaster. Um, so for someone to observe my behavior changing, um, I think that would be understandable. Yeah, end quote. I don't know why Anna Hample's now a Bali girl. <laughs> I was like, so like, okay. As I was going along, it just felt right. I'll just let this ball I was roll. just going with it. It felt right. So Aunt Hample, in addition to making himself the next of kin, also had to prove that his and Phoebe's de facto relationship was genuine by getting some paper <laughs> Shut up. By getting some paperwork together involving statements from others in order to close some of Phoebe's accounts. Mm. Because, you know, it's his business to close her accounts, fucking asshole. Mm. Phoebe's friend Alicia Carvel, who if you remember, he's Ali- uh, Alicia Carvel is the one that he said she's garbage. Yeah. That's her. Mm-hmm. So she said that Anne approached her with a document to sign saying that he and Phoebe were in a loving relationship. Uh, he no. was like, yeah, we loved each other, sign this. I think she's going to burn it before she signs it. And she said, <laughs> I've got a quote. She <laughs> said, quote, I was outraged. Good. I would never speak on her behalf and those words never oh. came out of her mouth to me. I could not answer that, oh. end quote. So this fucking girl was loyal all the way through, yeah. stood by her all the way through. Um, that's the kind of friend you want yeah that's the kind of friend you want phoebe no police ruled phoebe's death a suicide but the coroner ruled her death a freak accident once this ruling was made and immediately put in a claim to recover phoebe's superannuation fund which is like a death in service payment for her employer Mm. aunt's father george the retired supreme court judge (laughs) signed a statutory declaration to support his claim However, go on. George Hampel did not completely tell the truth on the statutory declaration. You have to know which is interesting. It's so interesting. He not only officially declared that Phoebe and Aunt were living together for about six months longer than they actually were, but he also declared that they were living together before they had ever even met. What? Do you get it? No. Okay, so like they were roommates. <laughs> they were roommates. They were roommates. How can you? How okay, can you right, live right, with right. Someone stop, 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 stop. Okay, let me let me break me this down a bit. Understand. There's a lot going on. <laughs> let me break it down a bit. So, um, in order for Aunt Hample to access all of Phoebe's money, mm-hmm. he needs to prove that although he and Phoebe weren't married, they were basically what you would call in England like a common law marriage oh okay which is like what me and david had for years basically where you live together you are Mm. basically married except you haven't actually got married (laughs) so but these guys were Mm. together were casually dating for 18 months yeah they were on and off all the time Mm -hmm. they were definitely not a common law couple like that they they weren't that's not how this works that's not the definition of a de facto relationship that's not that's not it Um, but to prove that you are you need to have documents signed by people that can testify that you were that's good um so george hample who is the retired supreme court judge (laughs) um basically signed on behalf of his son saying like hey i'm a badass famous supreme court judge so you can believe anything i say Mm. um and he made a mistake when he was writing it down and Mm. his mistake was that he said that Phoebe and Anne were lovingly living together for like two whole years when they hadn't even met 18 months ago oh right I thought you meant they were literally living together no 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 they weren't Yeah, but George Hample said that they were when in reality the two had never even met each other but he accidentally right, that. Mm. said that 
and it just happened to be that if you accidentally say that it will look better on the phone yeah but it was an accident i mean everyone can make a mistake like i mean mistakes happen all the time people make mistakes but a retired supreme court judge should know better definitely that's that's a mistake you shouldn't be making mistakes the death benefit was paid to Anne, which ended up being 113,000 Australian dollars. It took months of arguing, which the family did not need. No. And then in the end, Anne gave this money to Phoebe's brothers. Wow, he actually gave all of it over. I believe so. I'm surprised. But then he had a foot, he was loaded. His whole family mm. was incredibly minted. Yeah, he, he did was not so need quick to run and get that it. That was pocket change for him. Oh, yeah, of course. But the fact is that he wanted it. Yeah, exactly. And he went and got it. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even just a case of, oh, I'm going to get this. And then say the brothers were like, hey, we could really do with that. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I didn't even think. Here you go. It took months of arguing mm-hmm. for him to hand that over. Yeah. Just saying, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, there were actually two memorial services for Phoebe, which we've mentioned already. Yeah. One was from Aunt's side and one was from Phoebe's family. Uh, the one that Phoebe's family organised, George and Felicity Hampel accosted Phoebe's parents and tried to convince them that their daughter killed herself, which is all different kinds of inappropriate. Her parents subsequently did not want to go to the memorial that Aunt organised. Good. And they, they didn't go. They good. were like, I'm glad they did this off. We don't need it. And weirdly... That memorial was at a yacht club. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's so... They... It's not Phoebe, is it? No! A fucking big boat. Oh, yes. We, we're, we're having it at the yacht club. Cheese and wine. We're going to have some cheese and wine at the yacht club. Yes, yes. Yes. What, what? what? <laughs> How terrible. So people who knew Phoebe who went to that felt uncomfortable and so it was not very Phoebe at all. Yeah. With some of her friends that attended saying it felt like a stranger's send-off. And some of her old friends weren't even invited at all. That must have been really heartbreaking. It for must the have been fucking weird and hard and difficult. It must and... have been so strange. Yeah. Because um, you've got to process your, your friend's loss. Exactly. There's a, it's a lot. It's so much stacking up. The send-off organised by Phoebe's family, however, was much more her style. Yeah. The cremation itself, which Aunt didn't attend. Wow. Aunt didn't attend her cremation. Mm, that's telling. Um, which is very telling. That was attended by people who had known Phoebe for years. Mm. And unlike Ant, I mean actual years. Yeah. Like, long-time friends of the family as well. The memorial was very low-key and was by the river in Malakuta and was described as a Viking funeral. It was a warrior's <gasps> oh, funeral. Oh, I love that. To, and it was fit to match yeah, her creative definitely. and fiery personality. Yeah, I got so, chills. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy she so got that. So her ashes cool. were put onto a wooden boat, which was handmade by her father. <gasps> That's incredible. And it was filled with flowers and letters from all her friends. <gasps> the gorgeous. boat was lit on fire and pushed out into the, the river by her brothers and her family and friends gathered around as it burned. Oh my God. Isn't that's, it just... That's so... It's so powerful. Yeah, powerful is it. It's powerful. Definitely. I'm really happy she got that. Yeah. Because sometimes when... Club. When partners have like the deceased uh, partner, they they have control of the arrangement. Sometimes they do like really. And they just ostracize the family, and they yeah, yeah, they just throw the the ashes off a cliff or something. Yeah, it's like Phoebe's family like nah, fuck this. But they they had her. They had her. I am so relieved. So before we get into some more hardcore facts, I want to take a pause at this point to just reflect on how beautiful this is. Yes, (laughs) and I to get some good feelings into all of our Mm -hmm. listeners. So. Pause this. Yeah. Go make yourself a hot drink. Get a snack. Come back. I like this. And we'll get into some more investigating. Ooh, yay. Okay, so snack time, drink time. Go get yourself something. Interesting. Take a shot. 
Okay, so is everyone back? Mm-hmm. Got yourself a nice warm drink? Good. Okay, let's get going again. So now it's time to talk more about Phoebe's badass grandfather, Lorne, who has 28 years of being a detective under his belt. Yes. He has been absolutely hell-bent on making sure that as many people know about this case as possible. And if it wasn't for him, we literally would not be doing this right now. No. Like, he has been instrumental in wow. making this, like, as huge as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been investigating the shit out of this case. Good. Good, good, good. He's been going to the media and getting all kinds of attention drawn to it. And it's thanks to his efforts that we all know about the things about this case that don't make any sense. Mm. Because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't know that this is a shit show. No. We said earlier that Grandpa Lorne was was pissed that nobody realised her sunglasses and hair straighteners looked like she was getting ready to go out. Mm -hmm. He thought it was weird that her bruises were dismissed and the blood around the apartment. Aunt's staff weren't questioned for almost a year. The CCTV wasn't taken. The computer wasn't seized. The fact as well that she wrote journal entries every day and didn't write a suicide letter. That was dismissed. Hmm. And nobody made sure it would even be possible to commit suicide by going down the chute. The police suggested that Phoebe drop the glass herself. Ah, this is what, you know what I said, (laughs) remind me about the thing? I found it. I did oh, write good. it Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Do. So the suggestion by the police and also what the coroner said in the inquest, basically the law enforcement people said they had this idea, this literally, it's nothing more than an idea. They literally inven- invented this scenario wow. from their books. Okay. So they said Phoebe dropped a glass herself and was cleaning it up. She cut herself in the process, which is why there was blood everywhere. And then she put that in a garbage bag to take to the garbage chute. And then she put it in the garbage chute and maybe as she was putting the garbage bag with the broken glass in it, in the garbage chute, she realised, oh my god, I should just kill myself. That thought is garbage. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. However, like we said earlier, no bag with glass in it was ever found. No. That n- never happened. There was no blood on the glass. The glass that was found, there was no blood on it. So if she cut herself and that's the source of the blood, why was there no blood on the glass? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Nope. There's literally no evidence that this happened. At all. It's fan fiction. It's worse fan fiction Completely than Twilight. It's just yeah. horrific. Phoebe's family did not shut the fuck up about demanding an inquest, and Aunt Hample actually put in a motion to block a coroner's inquest from taking place. Wow. Eventually, in 2013, he was overruled, thank God, and an inquest was set to happen in open court. Mm-hmm. The next stage of difficulty was that most of the prominent barristers and legal professionals had some tie to Aunt's father and stepmother. It was incredibly difficult for Phoebe's family to find legal representation that were not associated with the Hamples. In the end, Natalie managed to find a lawyer, but we can't imagine how difficult that must have been for them. Mm. They are so famous in the Australian legal system. Like, George Hample is a retired Supreme Court judge. Mm -hmm. Felicity Hample is a county court judge. When it comes to legal people, Mm -hmm. they're, like, the cream of the crop. Everyone knows who they are. They're most networked. Yeah. They are so famous. So it was. It must have been so hard for Natalie and Phoebe's family to find some representation yeah. that weren't already tainted mm-hmm. by this. Um, the original coroner, who had ties to Aunt's family, did not make much of a mention on the bruises to Phoebe's upper arm. Yeah. However, the new professionals looking at the reports and photos have spoken about how important these bruises might be. Mm. Pathologist Peter Ellis has said about the bruises, quote, Shapes of bruises are not necessarily specific, but in this case, they do support the application of fingertips to the inside of the arm, most often seen in the forceful holding of the arm, Mm. end quote. This definitely gives more evidence to the idea that Phoebe was handled against her will, 
and possibly carried against her will to the chute. We know that she was alive when she went down the chute and the cocktail of alcohol and prescription drugs would have made her much easier to manoeuvre than a sober person who was actively fighting back. It's astonishing that the pathologist ignored this the first time around. Mm -hmm. In terms of Phoebe physically fitting into the chute, Lorne made some investigations of his own. He set up an experiment to see how difficult it would be for someone of Phoebe's height and build to get into the chute. There are videos of this experiment on YouTube and I Mm. highly suggest that you watch this because it's super interesting. Mm. This experiment has been done multiple times and each time has had the exact same result. Wow. that's I really honestly encourage you to go have a look. It's good there's a consistency with that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Two of Phoebe's friends actually volunteered to assist to do this, um, to try and climb into the chute. The first experiment was conducted in the 12th floor room itself that Phoebe was in to see if Mm. someone could actually physically get in yeah um the second experiment was conducted in a replica of the chute to see if someone could go through it right yeah so because to get into it and to Mm -hmm. go through it are not the same thing no so the first experiment was conducted in the 12th floor itself that phoebe was in Mm -hmm. um this is interesting the replica chute was actually built by the manufacturer of the real shoe. Oh, like he got together wow. with Lawn and yeah. was like, yes, I'll definitely help you with this. Yeah, I'll provide so you. So he, yeah, so he built it to mm-hmm. be identical. He wow. built the fucking original one in the first place. So he knows yeah. all the specs of it. He knows mm. everything. So he made sure down to the millimeter, it was exactly the same. So he's a credible source. Absolutely credible. Cool. Um, so yeah, obviously the second experiment was conducted in a safe and controlled environment so the girls could actually mm. try and go through it. Mm. The in the videos you can see that both versions of this has the girls struggling to get in. It's mm. really hard. Yeah. So the door is spring loaded. So it's a door that opens down. Mm. It's set quite high off the floor. Right. Which makes it hard anyway. So it's yeah. spring loaded. So when you pull down, it's one of those that you pull down, you dump the garbage bag in with your other hand. Yeah. And then you remove your hand from it and then you let go and then the door will... The spring. Yeah, it will snap shut itself. Yeah. And it's really heavy. Um, the the lady who cleans the apartment, you know, the lady who said that um, Aunt wanted it to look as though nobody lived there. Yeah. She said that she hated the garbage chute because it slammed shut so easily and it was really heavy. Oh. oh. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so she just hates it. And she's also said how heavy the door is. It's mm. really heavy. Um. So the door is spring-loaded and slammed shut when you open it, making it hard to keep the door open enough for you to manoeuvre yourself into it. In addition to this, the chute is high off the ground and there isn't anything to hold on to. So there's not really a lip around the chute. It's not set out from the wall. It's basically, apart from like a couple of millimetres, it's basically Mm -hmm. flush to the wall. So once you've opened it, how the fuck are you going to get in? That's all you've got to lean on. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing where you can actually like hoist yourself in. There's nothing for you to prop yourself against and there's no two-step about to exactly on. so no to thing. get into the chute you have to be extremely determined and it takes a lot of effort to actually physically get yourself in there wow both of the girls who partook in turning a page in the experiments managed to do it but that's because that was literally their whole goal was yeah. getting in that chute that was the point they were relentlessly exactly trying. they tried for ages it took ages for them to do it it was really hard mm. they did it in the end um they attested though that it would have been impossible for them to do it without leaving any fingerprints behind that's also a point yeah. and remember there were no usable fingerprints on the hatch only a couple of smudges mm-hmm. 
The opening of the hatch is only 40 centimetres wide, which is probably about the size of the laptop that I'm recording this on. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know... That's... I feel like I would definitely be safe around Aunt Hample because my fat ass would never fit in that fucking <laughs> shoe. <Like, laughs> well, that's um, an interesting point to make. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> We're both wider than your laptop. So yeah, it's not, not going to happen. It's not an insult. Um, but I mean, I've seen I've seen the videos and it looks the, like... the girls that, like Phoebe's friends that did this were very yeah. tall, very willowy, very slender, Ooh, yeah. just like Phoebe. Mm. And you can see that they struggle wow. to get in this fucking space um you really would have to be hell-bent on getting in that shoot mm. um and probably and yeah like like the cleaner said and like you can see in the video once you get your weight off the floor yeah so your weight isn't distributed on the floor anymore that door just slams you yeah. And you can see that one of the girls is like, the door traps her in it. Oh, God. So she's like stuck there. Yeah. Um, I did read that Lorne conducted a follow-up experiment. I couldn't find a video of this, mm. but I read that he conducted a follow-up experiment to see how difficult it would be in comparison to deposit a limp body yeah, into that's, the shoe. For, for another person to put a limp body in there yeah. to see in comparison. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, it was much much easier mm. you could simply have someone over your shoulder like a fireman's lift open the door keep it open with the door that you, with the with the door the, with the hand that you opened it with and lower them in feet first mm. and that's it did you know there's two types of fireman's lift there's one no. over the shoulder and then there's one where you brush your arms in front of you like this didn't know that and then hoist someone up lengthways no i didn't know that yeah okay. and then this hand is like on the back i think and then here is like a, the butt cradling the butt yeah and you you lift them and then run as fast as you can didn't know that yeah cool sorry <laughs> i wonder sorry. if i'll ever need that Way information that. for a pub quiz or anything Maybe. probably not cause i, I heard got that pubs. when i was listening to a case so i love it i didn't yes. know that <laughs> so there were a few disappointing and mysterious results surrounding the technology involved in this case, which we already know a couple of them, and it's not really a fucking surprise to anybody. <laughs> the inquest the inquest in 2013 requested the CCTV hard drive from the apartment building. So even though the footage would have been written over like 48 hours and the hotel managers were like, hey guys, you want this, and the police yeah. were like, eh. The inquest in 2013, four years later, were like, hey, so give us the hard drive anyway, yeah. and we'll see what we can do. The hard drive got lost. Yeah. So it mysteriously went missing and could never be recovered. The coroner mm -hmm. granted access to the hard drive of the computer in the apartment that Anne used within the time frame of Phoebe's death. But then mysteriously, for some fucking reason, he withdrew that access. Wait, hold on. The coroner? Yes. Because the coroner is conducting the inquest. Okay. This is a coroner's inquest. Yeah, I, I got muddled for a That's second. That's okay. Then. It threw me off. That's okay. This <laughs> can get really complicated. Um, so he granted access mm. for the hard drive of Ant's computer to be looked at yeah. and then changed his mind. That's suspicious. It's suspicious. I wonder what it's attributed suspicious. to him changing his mind. Don't know. Phone records also show that Ant made a phone call to Phoebe's Nokia phone the day she died, which connected and lasted for 13 seconds. Ant denies that this call ever took place, says he has no memory of it, and the Nokia phone, if you remember, has never been found. They can't see you nodding. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, the police ordered Ant to keep the SIM card to the iPhone safe, the iPhone whose whereabouts have been confusing this whole fucking time, but the SIM card ended up missing and could not be retrieved ever. Sad. So yeah, the SIM card to the iPhone 
as in the iPhone. Mm-hmm. SIM card went missing. Police were like, hey, don't lose this. It's really important. And he was like, okay. And then lost it. All you have to do is keep it in the phone. All you have to do is keep it in the phone. Yeah. But yeah, no, apparently he lost it. So, I mean, that's obviously a really unfortunate mistake. Yeah. It's sad. That anyone mm-hmm. could make that mistake. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the results of the coroner's inquest were revealed. And I suggest if you're interested... Take a look at the inquest report. It's really interesting. I got a lot of information from this document Mm -hmm. and I've put a link to it in the show description. I do recommend you have a look if you're interested. It's quite illuminating. Um, However, the coroner's inquest results were not what the family was hoping for. Coroner White made the finding that no other party was involved. However, the bizarre thing about this is, aside from the mountain of evidence to the contrary was that the council assisting the coroner made suggestions against this finding specifically, but were ignored. Mm. This is really unusual. So the council assisting the coroner is a person who will look over all this evidence, who usually has like a really strong background in investigation law enforcement. They'll read over all this stuff Mm. and then make a recommendation to the coroner on what to find, combined with the coroner's knowledge of like death and biology and stuff they'll yeah. work together mm-hmm. um usually the two go hand in hand but this time the coroner rejected the council's advice which is really unusual yeah and um, the council made suggestions specifically against finding it with no third party mm. and the coroner was like nope there was no third party yeah interesting so a piece written on the phoebe hanstrick website which was written by lawn says the following about the council assisting quote a Melbourne barrister, Ms. Deborah... Now, this is a weird name. It's It looks like it says Siemensma, but that I kind of feel yeah, like... Look. Yeah. Like, it's like the phone company Siemens, but then with M. Siemensma. Yeah, but it sounds kind of dirty. It does. Siemensma. It like sleepy as well. It's It's a bit onomatopoeic. So, anyway, so a Melbourne barrister, Ms. Deborah Siemensma, I'm just going to call her Debbie was briefed to act as <laughs> counsel assisting the coroner. She did an outstanding job throughout this lengthy inquest and came back every day, having clearly burnt a lot of midnight oil going over the transcripts. Her examination of every witness was insightful and thorough. Debbie produced for the coroner a closing submission comprising 68 pages. Thank you, Debbie. So Debbie did a fucking stand-up baller job. Clap for Debbie. It contained a detailed analysis of the evidence and clear, well-considered submissions. In every case, the submissions were backed up by either relevant evidence or an absence of evidence. Her overriding advice was that Coroner White, on the evidence before him, could only return an open finding. Mm -hmm. Which basically means anything could have happened, we don't know. It means you can't rule anything out. Mm -hmm. Debbie specifically advised him against making A. A finding of suicide. B. A finding of misadventure. C, a finding of death caused by borderline personality disorder. D, a finding which determined that either that a third party was involved or was not involved in Phoebe's death. Or E, a finding which specifically exonerated Anthony Hample from complicity. Mm. Coroner White followed only the first and third of the above specific pieces of evidence by excluding suicide and borderline personality disorder. He deliberately flew in the face of the other three, making no reference, oral or written, to the advice that he had been given or why he chose to ignore it. He made positive findings as to terms B, D and E above. End quote. This finding was delivered in December of 2014. And the piece quoted by Lorne was written on the website, and that was uploaded in January 2015. 
The case continued to get media attention, and the six-part podcast, Phoebe's Fall, which we have used extensively for research, and you should absolutely listen to it for a deeper dive on this case. Mm. Like, seriously, go and listen to it. That was released the following year. In March of 2016, before the Phoebe's Fall podcast came out, Aunt's sister, Christina, made a post on Facebook. Do you remember Christina Apple? Yeah. Do you? The one that, um, coincidentally, Phoebe looked like over time with the very short hair. Yeah. 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 Um, she borrowed the nice dresses. Mm, yeah. yeah. So that's Christina Hample. And she made a post on Facebook in 2016, in March. This post was only up for about 12 hours before it was swiftly deleted. Oh. But thanks to the fact that nothing truly disappears forever on the internet, we're able to read it from screen caps that people took. Yes. Christina Hample, who Phoebe used to borrow expensive dresses from and got a matching haircut with, was clearly close to Phoebe. Before we get into Christina's Facebook post, I want to draw attention to something else that happened in 2014 involving Anne's older sister. In October 2014, while the coroner's inquest into Phoebe's death was happening, but two months before findings were released, Christina Hample was arrested by Victoria Police. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? At the time, Anne's older sister was 49 years old, and she was arrested on four counts of cocaine trafficking. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. So get the popcorn. This Anything is about to get happen. really interesting. Yeah. This, according to a statement released by Victoria Police, was, quote, after a long-standing investigation into drug trafficking, end quote. Christina's luxury apartment in South Yarra was raided and large quantities of drugs and cash were seized. Despite Christina being caught on camera selling cocaine and the sophisticated police sting into raiding the home, Christina escaped without conviction. Wow. That's, um... Incredible. Interesting. That, that can happen. Sure. Interesting. Yep. Perfect. That's the word. <laughs> the judge, Franz Holes, took into account the embarrassment to her family. Oh, yep. That's oh, priority. Her family's embarrassed. Who, in the legal profession himself, he must be familiar with. Yeah. As George and Felicity Hampel are so famous, Christina Hampel was asked to perform 200 hours of community service. So, get a job. Mm. The Australian media definitely did not sleep on the fact that a Supreme Court judge's <laughs> daughter escaped drug trafficking. Drug, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> they did not sleep on the fact that a Supreme Court judge's daughter had escaped drug trafficking charges without conviction. Hmm. We aren't insinuating that George or Felicity Hample did anything to get their daughter off, nope. as there is no proof of this at all. No. Nope. But the way that the law works for people of privilege is very interesting. It is. People have definitely drawn comparisons between this instance and the fact that Anthony Hample was cleared of any suspicion in the death of Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to that Facebook post in 2016, mm-hmm. Christina Hample uploaded a really nice photo of herself and Phoebe, oh. which we're definitely going to be putting on the Creeps and Crime Storytime Instagram page. Mm-hmm. This lovely picture was accompanied by a caption that was clearly incredibly heartfelt. It read, quote, in loving memory, I just stumbled across my favourite photo of beautiful Phoebe. I miss you, darling. You are a fragile little flower that no one watered. You and your family were let down by the justice system and those who represent it. I can only hope that one day the truth will come out so that they may have some peace. Aww. End quote. The post definitely suggests that Christina knows more than she's been able to discuss publicly. For sure, definitely. The fact that she also says that people who represent justice and the justice system have let her family down is massively telling. Who represents justice? Just think about it. Like we said before, this post was only online for about 12 hours before it was taken down. 
but the publicity and attention it received prompted the media to once again give some more attention to the case and the Phoebe's Fall podcast was made. Nice. After Phoebe died, Ant went on to have a relationship with a woman named Emily Williams, and I've seen it on some sources that the two were actually married. At some point around 2018, the marriage failed, and Ant began to see another woman named Bailey Schneider. At this point, Ant was 51 years old, and Bailey was less than half his age at 25 years old. <gasps> That's gross. What a creep. Yeah. That's really creepy. I Get mean, I like older guys. Yeah. I do. They can be hot at times. They can be hot, but over twice your age. It's, it's a no. There's a line. There's yeah, a line. it's 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 one thing, I think, to be attracted to somebody who's older, but mm-hmm. the older person wanting to get with someone who's over half your age. Yeah. That's fucking weird. It's concerning. Why do you want that? It's a red flag. Yeah. Like, why do you... Like, I get that experience is sexy. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is sexy. Age can be sexy. Mm-hmm. But when inexperience and youth are specifically sexy, yeah. that's gross. It is gross. That's gross as fuck. At the time, Bailey worked as a model, and she'd recently been on international shoots in far places like Fiji and Thailand. That's cool. We'll put a picture on the Instagram because Bailey's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. She's really stunning. They had a relationship very similar to the one that Ant had with Phoebe. It was tumultuous, extremely up and down. He definitely had a knack for attracting young women, mm. much younger than himself, who were quite unsure, insecure, and had issues with substances. Bailey liked to drink and was known to take cocaine, and she struggled with issues of self-image. Okay. She didn't share much of her relationship with Ant with her parents, but she did confide in her sister Lily, and Lily and Ant were familiar with one another with one another like they knew about the other yeah and ended up calling lily one day saying that bailey was upset about something yeah. and he had received a worrying text message from her lily phoned bailey who told her sister about an alleged sexual assault that had happened at a party a few days prior i don't know whether this was a sexual assault against bailey or mm. whether she was a witness to something that happened to somebody else oh okay Either way, Aunt Hample was not involved in this. This yeah. was in relation to a man that we don't know the identity of. Completely it was, it was, person. yeah, it was somebody yeah. completely unrelated. We don't know who it was. Either way, Lily told Bailey to make a report to the police, and she did. A detective was assigned to investigate the matter, but Bailey withdrew her complaint and said she did not want to press charges. Mm. In June 2018, about nine months into Bailey's relationship with Aunt Hample, the two attended a barbecue and had a row. The next day, her parents came home to find her unresponsive on the kitchen floor. What? She had a gold cord around her neck, although no hanging point could be found. Her head was resting on the skirting board by the cupboard, and she sadly passed away. I am furious. I don't know how to speak anymore. Cut this out. (laughs) No, I'm not going to cut this out. I'm so done. Yep. Where that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey was found to have consumed wine and cocaine before her death. Just like in Phoebe's case, there was no suicide note. No. No point of hanging was discovered. The thing is, I'm just going to say right now, if yeah. you're set on doing it, you can hang yourself from fucking anything. Yeah, of You course. can hang yourself from a cupboard, a door handle, something low to the ground. It yeah. Sadly, it happens all the fucking it's time. It's a determination. Yeah. You just have to not change your mind and stand up. Yeah. If, like... <sighs> physically... Mm-hmm. She could have. Yeah. But that's not the same thing. No. Bailey's family do not believe she killed herself. So far, I've not been able to find a whole lot about this. Mm. On, there's there's not a whole lot of information that I've been able to uncover. Yeah. So far from what I've been able to find, there's not been an inquest or anything. Mm. 
from what I have been able to find, the case is still an active investigation. As far as I know, I could be wrong. Okay. I'm not sure. Bailey's mother called Aunt Hample to tell him that his girlfriend had passed away and he, quote, expressed his sympathy, end quote. Is that it? That's it. The family organised a memorial and in an eerie mirroring, he did not attend it. Yeah. Like we said in the first episode, neither of us are suggesting that Aunt Hample's done anything illegal. Mm-hmm. We're not suggesting he's broken any law. We're not suggesting that he has done anything. No. That constitutes as a crime i'm not i don't i'm not saying that there's no evidence whatsoever to say that he has however it can be said that he is a privileged wealthy man who has Mm -hmm. had relationships with much younger inexperienced troubled women who have met tragic ends they have and that book is closed we don't know what the future holds for the findings and the death of bailey schneider and we don't know about any future investigations into the as far as I'm concerned, unresolved death of Phoebe Hanstrug. Yeah. That's it. Wow. That's the last page. That's that's all I fucking got. Thank Great you. story, Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those with a frustrating ending, but yeah. I know when I was looking into this and I discovered that he'd had another young girlfriend who had mysteriously died and it seemed as though it was going to be ruled a suicide. Yes. It's like, wow. Yeah. The parallels are unsettling. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, that, um, that much can be said. I mean, there's not certainty. a whole lot we can say. I know. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I'm on pins every time I, I talk. Yeah, I feel like I'm just, like, skating on thin ice to get, like, a libel suit. Mm-hmm. I've done a little pirouette just now. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely, graceful, legal pirouette. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's... That's my story. That's this week's story is concluded. That's everything that I know so far about Phoebe Hansjuk. Um Oh, I forgot something. I forgot to mention Ooh, it. what? Um, this is... I should have really mentioned this, like, years ago, because it's like... <laughs> so this is just a little extra piece of information. Um, yeah. While the investigation and everything was going on, do you remember the, the woman that found Phoebe's body, the concierge, called Beth? Yeah. So she obviously stayed to work at the hotel. She worked at the hotel. Yeah. And... Um, one of this is interesting mm. one of aunt hample's staff members so a guy that worked for aunt hample yeah kept showing up at the hotel with like gifts like flowers and chocolates for this concierge saying oh my god it's so tragic about that suicide that happened the suicide yeah. it was a suicide here's a gift that kept happening that's scary it's fucking weird that's really creepy it's really really fucking weird Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Um, I feel like this this whole case is super interesting. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that's that's all I know. But I hope you've, I hope you enjoyed the telling of this interesting story. It's been great to listen to. Have you have you enjoyed being told I the have, story? I have. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. It's been a journey worth taking. Thank you. Um, I haven't decided what case to do next week um Ooh. i know sophie you've asked that at some point soon i talk yeah. about susan cox powell mm-hmm. i know that you really want me to do that yes um i've got a whole list of probably about a hundred cases maybe mm-hmm. that i've got written down that i i'm gonna do at some point 
Um, if anyone has any suggestions or yeah. opinions as to things that they'd like to hear like Throw them first, yeah. let me know. Let mm -hmm. us know. Leave a comment on the Instagram. We'd like to know. We'd love to know. It could be ones that we don't know It about. could be ones that we haven't heard of, or it could yeah. be something that's on my list, but I think, ah, nobody will want to yeah. hear about that. And it turns oh, out that actually a, a short thing. people do want to hear about. So mm -hmm. let me know. Um, it might be Susan Cox Powell. Mm -hmm. It might not be. I haven't decided yet. No. Um, but I feel as though if it is Susan Cox Powell, I could talk mm. about that forever. I feel like it would be like this one where I would start writing it and then realize yeah. like ten pages in, like, oh shit, this is going to be a two part. Oh no, I'm I'm a snowball right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm snowballing. snowballing. <laughs> oh no, more snow is sticking to me. Um, Every time it's been brought up, you've been very like, I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I've oh, I'm so ready to get talk very about enthusiastic. It. I just I've oh, I'm so ready to talk about it. Oh, well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. For story time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I hope you... Have a good day. I hope you have a wonderful day, whatever you're doing. Yeah. I hope you have a wonderful day and that you eat some nice food and someone says something nice to you. Yeah. And that, yeah, you just have a good day. Go and be good yeah. in the world. Don't be like Anne Humble. Uh. <laughs> Don't be like him. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, allegedly, or... No, I mean just in general, because he's, yeah. he's a douche. He is an ass. Don't be like Aunt Humble. He's be a living good. shit stain. Just be a good person. Mm -hmm. um, spread some joy. Compliment a stranger. Kindness is free. Kindness is free. And it goes a long way. It goes a long way. Don't make someone's bad day worse. Because <laughs> you never know. So, I think I'm going to draw a line in the sand for our weird motivational speech is quotes yes. right now, and... Thank you for listening, and I'm looking forward to next time already. Me too. Bye-bye.